Let me ask you a question. Do you have a deep knowing that you're only just scratching the surface of where you're capable of taking your business growth? Are you successful but have some invisible hurdles that are slowing you down? Business growth comes from creating and implementing strategies and frameworks, but strategies and frameworks on their own will not take you to the level I know you desire and are capable of. Living in alignment with your unique human design will help you to attract the abundance you are ready for. And I've just created a free guide to help you understand your unique human design blueprint. It's called the Human Design Advantage, and you can get your copy over at samanthariley.global forward slash advantage. You're listening to the Thought Leaders Business Lab, episode 49. And in today's Thursday edition of the Ask Sam and Tim show, we're going to talk about how you can break through the glass ceiling in your business. So stay tuned. Hi, I'm Samantha Riley, and I work with thought leaders and experts to help them double their income, their freedom, and their impact to create a business and a life they love. From my business background of 25 years, I've learned there are three key areas to growing a successful business. Your mindset, your talents, and the people you surround yourself with. Here in the Business Lab, we'll interview successful entrepreneurs and deep dive to discover the exact strategies that they have used to build their business so that you can experiment and implement these strategies in your business too. Welcome to the Thought Leaders Business Lab. Welcome back to another episode of the Thought Leaders Business Lab. I am your Thursday co-host, Samantha Riley, and joined here very bright and early on this beautiful Thursday morning, Tim Hyde. Welcome, Tim. Hello, Sam. Great to be back. Looking forward to another exciting episode yes, this week. Nice and early, getting first cab off the rank and getting yep. it done. That's right. My fitness coach will be horrified that I'm doing podcasting rather than out doing laps around the local walking track. Well, if I was your coach, I would be too because I was up and did mine at five, so I had enough time to get back in, shower <laughs> and get the makeup on. <laughs> Come on, Tim. You're looking, you're looking fabulous. I don't do 5 a.m., Sam. <laughs> well, I'm glad that you could join me here nice and early this morning. Today, we're going to be talking about how to break through the glass selling in your business, which is a bit of an extension of the topic that we discussed last week, which was how to create leverage in your coaching business. Business. We, we had, had some great um, feedback. Yeah, we did. I mean, we had a bunch of questions about, you know, how do, how do I do that? You know, you told me what to do and what to look for, but not necessarily where in my business to kind of look for those efficiencies and, and stuff. And we thought it might be worth a little bit more, I guess, expansion today, expansion on those ideas and, yes. and topics. But we had, um, we had an interesting conversation during the week. Well, I certainly had an interesting conversation yes. during the week um, from one of the members of my networking group that I go to. I now I run at the moment, I run three networking groups in Canberra um, on a fortnightly basis. And one of my members who hasn't been in a while, and I'd love to get your take on this, um, I called him up and said, you know, hey, Wayne, we haven't seen you. Um, is everything okay? And he said, oh, yeah, things are a bit tight right now, and that's why I haven't been coming. And, and that sort of set off alarm bells for me, but I'd love to get your take on, I guess, the mindset that goes into making that decision. Oh, wow, what a scarcity mindset. It's interesting that when times get tight, what people cut back on. And if times are tight in your business, marketing is the number one thing, as far as I'm concerned, that you do not cut back on. You know, if things are tight, we need to be creating more leads and having more people coming into our business. That's exactly the time to get out there, to be marketing, to be 
telling everyone what's going on, that's just the start of some really bad momentum that probably won't end very well for him, which is sad, really. Yeah, it sort of creates that negative mindset, doesn't it? It creates this downward smile, that spiral that, you know, because you're not marketing, you bring in less leads, you close less, you have less money to then market less. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it is that scarcity mindset instead of the abundance mindset. And I mean, it's kind of like share trading, right? The majority of the market will sell when it's low because they have a freak out and dump their, their shares and they buy high in the excitement where in actual fact, it's the opposite that we should be doing, you know, buying low and selling high. And you know, that's the way that we need to be doing it in our business too, is going against the grain. If everyone's in a uh, scarcity mindset and they're all pulling back on their costs, how much more leverage can you get from your marketing dollars if you're out there? Because there's still people spending money every day. Yeah. Yeah. People still have a need. People still have a pain point they need to solve. And for many of those pain point people, the pain point is, is right now. Yeah. Um, interesting thing for Wayne, he's missed out just in two meetings on meeting, you know, seven new people into our, our network, seven new visitors, you know, and if we go those seven people, let's be conservative and say they only knew 500 people each that he could have introduced to. That's, that's three and a half thousand potential opportunities mm. uh, that he's missed out on. Yes. And that's just direct referral business, not yes. including the key influences out of those three and a half thousand yes. who could potentially get him on a podcast, you know, talking about changes in the Royal Commission or you know, put him in front of, you know, lots and lots of people who were the right target market for him. So I I would always encourage people when you're looking at what you're doing in your business, do a minimum of, you know, 5 to 10%, you know, even 5 to 15% of the resources available to you. And I don't just mean money, I mean time as well. Yes. Make sure that there's allocated to some marketing activity. Absolutely. I just very quickly, I started my very first business at a time, and I don't know if you remember this, Tim, but I think you probably will, when interest rates were 18%. Can you remember that? That's when we started our very first business. And I can tell you that I don't think there was anyone that thought we were very smart at that time. But that actually worked out perfectly for us because we were able to learn so much about how to get customers when times were tough. And we had started in an industry at that time, which was probably the, you know, the last thing people were spending money on. But we learned straight off the bat that you have to get out there. You need everyone to know what it is you're doing. And if we can do that at 18%, you know, times are always tough. At, yeah. at some point of what people, I'm going to put it in air quotes, think, but get out there, get marketing, have people know what you're doing. And um, <clears> it's tough. Just think about how you can do things differently. Yeah, Maybe that's a whole topic for another week. I think so. I think yeah. so. Now, awesome. today's, topic, today's topic, I think, is an interesting one. And again, it's an extension from what we were talking about last time. And I wanted to start with kind of recognizing what your value is to your business. Yes. Now, I'm going to preface this as we were talking just a little bit off here, this is not how you price yourself to your market, right? This is how you value your time and your contribution in the business. So I would encourage everyone to, I'm going to draw some models here. If you're listening, you know, feel free to stop the podcast at at various times to, to sort of draw pictures. I think that's going to be really important for today's episode. And, you know, if you want to go and grab on my website, I've got a resource here. It's just going to do some, give you the model, I guess we're going to work through today. Um, so winmoreclients.com.au forward slash model. If you want to grab that and, and sort of listen along, by all means. 
But the first one of those is to recognize your own value. And I think this is something that, that people don't do very often in their business is kind mm. of really reverse engineer the activities they need to do to deliver the outcome that they want to have. Yes, absolutely. So I want everyone to sort of write down the number of the amount of money that you would like to walk away with in your pocket at the end of the next 12 months. Right? And we're going to just do a little exercise here to work out what that is. So for example, let's just use $200,000. $200,000 is a nice return on investment for all the time and energy and effort and emotions that you invest into your business. So let's call it $200,000. And for argument's sake, let's say we want to work 40 hours a week over 40 weeks. Right? So if you divide, divide that 200,000 by 40, 40 weeks, and then by another 40 hours a week, that's going to come out with $125 an hour. Okay. So that's what you value your time at in your business if you want to make that 200,000. Now, bear in mind, we know that business has overheads. So you're not going to charge your customer 125. You're going to charge your customer more than that to cover all of your additional business overheads. But if you're not yes. charging at least that, guess what? Yes. You're never going to get there or the amount of time changes or the amount of hours you work in your business changes. And I certainly want to say, I just want to reiterate probably in a different way that we're not talking about what you're charging out because I'm very much a believer that we charge out via an outcome, what that outcome will cost. And I don't want to get into that today, but this is the minimum that we should be looking at how to figure out what tasks we're doing in our business. So if we're doing a task that we can charge out at $10 an hour and we're doing it, at $125 an hour, then there's a big, big gap. Yeah, and you'll just, you'll just find yourself, you know, working really hard and kind of wondering why you're not getting there, right? Yeah. Uh, look, I, I don't know if I mentioned this before, but I, I learned this lesson several years ago. I've been running, doing a lot of, I mean, I have an IT background. I, I've done a lot of coding in my life um, and I was building my first website. Now I can make it look pretty. I can put copy on it and all that sort of stuff. Where I don't have the skills is the server side of things, right? So deploying my server onto my hosting infrastructure. And I'd spent a day, right, a good solid eight hours trying to get this website up and running. And I just couldn't, you know, I was following this, the WordPress step, step by step to deploy. And I couldn't work out why it wasn't coming up properly. What I found at the end of that, I, th I thought this is ridiculous. And I sent it off my, to my developer uh, Anton, bit of a shout out to Anton there in the Ukraine, and said, Anton, can you just help me out here? I'm, I'm, I can't work out what I've done. You know, can you just deploy this WordPress website for me? And he came back 32 minutes later. Not only had he deployed the, you know, put WordPress on my server, he'd also put my theme on and created all my logins for me. Have a guess what that cost me? Oh, probably about 20 bucks, I reckon. Oh no, that's generous. <laughs> It cost me $7.15. And lost you hundreds and hundreds of dollars of time that you could have spent delivering to your clients or accruing new clients. That's right. You know, and we think we need to look to really sort of look at that. Now, if I was to say, look, I wanted to make 125000 and I spent a day doing a, a $1 an hour, $1, you know, a $7 an hour task or a $15 an hour task, I'm already on the back foot in terms of being able to reach my objective. Yes. And I think that for the, most of the people that are listening, I think they'll understand this, especially with the tech side. I'm a big believer if, the, if you're not techie, don't spend your time trying to figure this stuff out, not just because it'll take you so much longer, but because you'll break things and you'll end up paying someone to fix it anyway. It was funny last, well, it wasn't funny for uh, this person that I knew, but it was funny for me that I was getting a subdomain set up the same week that she was and I sent it off to my developer 
and he did it within 10 minutes, sent it back with the logins, exactly like you said, done. That I can't even remember how much it cost me. Probably a gold coin, I'd be thinking. <laughs> and this yeah. particular client, a week later, and I'm talking about all day, every day, working on trying to get this subdomain up and running and breaking things along the way, I said, you are crazy. Give it to someone else to do that knows what they're doing. And I want to... I want you to be really like listen to this answer because there's a there's a big learning in here. She said, I want to figure it out myself so that we've got the system for next time. And I said to her, the system should be reach out to this person at this email address and get them to do it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> we don't need to know how to do everything in our business. Yeah, we've got to know what, what, what's going on, but we, we don't do? need to know that level of intimacy. And even, exactly. you know, if you're clever about it, you can say, you know, go and do, you know, that person at that, into that email address, you know, record yourself talking mm-hmm. when you do what you do yes. so that I can put that into my procedures manual. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. You don't have to do it yourself. Now, yes. the second model I want to sort of go on to is, is what I would call my pyramid model. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now, if, again, if you've, if you've downloaded the models from a website, you'll, you'll have this. Um, if you don't, just grab a bit of scrap paper and I want you to draw a, a, a pyramid the right way up and you're going to have three horizontal lines through it, you know, sort of breaking that pyramid into four sections. All right. Now, just put that aside for the moment. Now, the second thing I want you to do here is now write down all of the things that you do in your business in some detail. And you'll very, very quickly find that there are lots and lots of things that we do in our business. Mm, It is a huge list. Right. It's a little bit scary when we start to break it all down. But I think it's an important exercise that we do to really understand what it is that our business does to deliver the outcome that we give deliver for our clients. Mm -hmm. So we're going to do things like, here we go, plan podcast record podcast, post podcast to social media sites, arrange partnership with awesome Sam Riley. (laughs) That's just a podcast, okay? Oh, and Um, there was 50 different things that were missed in there. (laughs) There's a lot lot there. You know, we've we've created a show run sheet, Mm -hmm. right? We respond to comments once they're on social media, right? We we send invoices, one of my personal favourites. We pay (laughs) invoices, not so much, right? (laughs) Um, We code our website. We write the terms and conditions for our uh, engagements, right? We reconcile. We have sales calls. We deliver our product and everything that that entails. Um, We do further education and learning. I can see the huge number of books you know, business books on yeah. behind you. Right? There's probably not too much Harry Potter on that no. shelf. <laughs> not can, much at all. <laughs> I can see there's a couple of, you know, some and so for dummies. Yes, there is a couple up there. <laughs> Just up there. Yeah. Um, you know, but we, we, we expand our knowledge. It is this massive list of things that our business does. Now, when you start writing those things down, it, it may seem a little bit overwhelming, but all of those tasks fall into one of the four areas in our pyramid. Mm-hmm. Now, the top of our pyramid, and I'm about this a huge amount, Sam, mm-hmm. is what we, okay. So, some of the tasks we've written down fall into our genius zone. Now, tasks in our genius zone really should be things that really drive mm-hmm. our business mm-hmm. forward, right? That we can do, right? We're, we're probably the expert in our business at those things. And I think most importantly, that we love doing them. Yes. Because if we don't love doing them, why are they in your genius zone for a start? If we don't love doing them, we procrastinate, we don't get them done. The things that are in our genius zone are actually, you know, they're the things that you love doing because they're the things that you prioritize generally. That's right. Okay. Um, And also don't burn us out. You know, Mm -hmm. if we did all the things we love doing all day long, (laughs) this would be 
this would be a fantastic business, right? Those 40 hours a week would just fly by, right? Now, the second zone is our competence zone. Now, the things in our competence zone drive our business forward and we can do, but we don't necessarily love doing them, right? So, again, when you look at your list of tasks, be brutally honest with yourself. Go, what do I love doing and what, you know, I can do and, I, and it drives my business forward, but I don't necessarily love them. What's one thing in your competence zone, Tim, for you personally? In my competence zone? Ooh, that's a tough one for me, I think. Oh, look, probably, I've just thrown you under the bus there. Well, you have, you have <laughs> thrown me, me under the bus. I'm going to throw it out here. I, I do a lot of work um, in Infusionsoft by Keep for, for yes. clients. I'm, you know, I'm really good at it. Okay? Yes. In fact, I was talking to my VAs the other day. I gave them a task after they said, oh, we can do Infusionsoft stuff. It took them five hours to do what I could have done in about five minutes. Yeah. Okay? It drives my business forward because it's a product that I deliver to my customers. Yes. I'm in the top three in Australia and the top 50 in the world for, um, you know, Infusionsoft sales partners. Yes. Uh, so I'm really, really good at it. And do I love doing it? Uh, look, if I was brutally honest, no, probably not. Yes. Yeah. If I had to do all that like, all day long, I probably wouldn't go, yep, yeah, this is really awesome for me. But I'm yes. really good and it drives my business forward. So what I'm hearing is that something in your competence zone could be something that you start to outsource, but you're still keeping the control of to make sure that your business is still growing, but slowly but surely you are starting to hand this task to other people so that you're training them up so that eventually you yeah. can hand that task off. Yeah, so that's, that's our expert zone. Sorry, the second yep. zone is our expert zone. Right? The third zone is our competent zone. Right? So okay. our competent zone are things that we can do so we know how to do them. And I put things like reconciling invoices in here. I can do yes. it. Right? I don't really love doing them. If yes. I had to do that all day long, I'd be a bookkeeper. And quite clearly, I'm not a bookkeeper. Yes. Right? So they drive me a bit nuts. I suspect they'd probably be a bit draining and energy vampires. And we don't love doing them. Yes. Okay. So that's our competent zone. Now, you'll notice straight away in our pyramid, if you've drawn the pyramid, big side at the bottom pointing into the top, that the competent zone is already bigger than it's our- It's quite large. It's quite large compared yes. to our expert and genius zones. Yes. Right? And that's because we spend a lot of time in our competent zone doing stuff we can do to save a few dollars. Now, it's yes. really important we come back to our hourly rate thing. Yes. Yeah. Right? Because most of the tasks you find in your competent zone right now are probably you could outsource or delegate, you know, delegate, outsource, automate at less than $125 an hour. Yes. Now, there might be some that's not, okay? So, you know, writing legal contracts, right? Now, the bottom zone, the fourth one, uh, have a guess what that one is. I, I'm going to call it don't bloody go there, but I'm sure it's, you've got a nicer word. <laughs> it's, it's our incompetent zone. Yes. <laughs> okay. So, yeah, things that are incompetent zone are things we certainly don't love doing them. Um, we can't really do them. We really don't know how to do them and we get no love and joy from doing them at all. Mm. The things that when we do them, they always take three times the amount of time that they should have and you just get frustrated. Your to-do list that you should have got through doesn't even get touched because we're spending time doing these tasks that drain us of life force. That's right. And, you know, this was a big you know, realisation for me because, you know, often we'll look at things like um, if I had to go and write my terms and conditions of engagement, look, I could probably go to a whole bunch of other websites, you know, find a bunch of terms and conditions, cobble them together and hope that it's going, you know, it, it really works for me. Right? But it's, it's not my own genius. I, I don't mm. know. I know a little bit about the law, but yeah. I probably don't know enough about the law to, to write an effective terms and conditions that's going to lock my, con, you know, my customer into you know, a contract. Yes. And so even though I might be at $125 an hour and hiring a lawyer might be $400 an hour, that lawyer can do the same task in one hour where it takes me 10. Yes. 
And so my relative cost to do that task is still significantly lower. Okay. And can so, I, let me just add there too that you don't know what the cost of that down the track will be if there's a mistake. Oh, absolutely. Okay. And again, I see so many business owners when they get started trying to do things in their incompetent zone, like building their own websites. Oh, huge. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Going, oh my God, but I don't want to spend six, seven thousand, ten thousand dollars building a website, right? Because I can build it, I can, you know, I can get it done for like 50 bucks, you know, or I can do it myself, right? But what's happening is, yes, it's, it's taking you along, it's taking you away from your genius zone. It's doing stuff that you really, again, really don't know how to do, really can't do. And, and if you can do it, you're not very doing it very effectively compared yeah. to someone who does this day in and day out. Yeah, totally. Right? All to save a few dollars, even selling your house. Yeah, yes, yes, absolutely. And sell your house. Yes. But an agent is going to, you know, you do it one time every seven years. An agent does it 50, you know, 30 to 50 times a year. Exactly, because that's in their genius zone. It's in their genius zone. Okay. Yes. And this is, and when we start to look at all the tasks, you, what you'll find is that most of the tasks, and again, this is why the pyramid's designed this way, is that most of the things you do in your business, you'll find are in your incompetent zone and competent zones. And those are things that you shouldn't be doing. Now, what we should be doing to break that glass ceiling is flipping that pyramid upside down. Oh, I like this. Okay, so the big end is now at the top, the pointy ends at the bottom. Same zones, genius zone at the top, expert zone, competent zone, incompetent zone. Now, if we start to look at the relative sizes of those zones now, we can see that sort of 70 to 80% of our time is in our genius zone. Yes. 20 to 30% of time in our expert zone. And here's the real kicker. I believe that we should spend no time at all in our competent and incompetent zones. Wow. I've got a little bit of a tiny take on that. I think that some of the things that are in, not in incompetent, but some of the things incompetent that we can hang on to just to be able to keep an eye on our business. I'll give you a little tiny example of this. I don't like doing bookwork either. And I do have a bookkeeper and an accountant who I lean on very heavily. However, I actually do like to reconcile my own books because I like to see where my money's going. It means that I can pay attention to where my money's going. I can see very quickly. I know that I'm not using that software. I can cancel that now. So yeah. I think that sometimes, and, and, you know, I don't spend a lot of time doing this, but even 10 minutes a week means that even though it's not competent and I don't love it at all, it means that I can keep an eye on my figures. And then that information goes to my bookkeeper so that she, I don't know what she does with it. She does something, prints out something fancy and I just pay the tax department. <laughs> I think there's, there's another way to do that with all your subscriptions that we sign up to is just cancel your credit card every so often. <laughs> I left my credit card in the States last October and it was the best thing ever. It was... <laughs> For that reason. Do I really but anyway, that? No. there's ways to do that. <laughs> Most of the things in our, in our competent and incompetent zones, we really need to either be eliminating from our business altogether, right? We need to be delegating them to someone at, at either inside our business or, you know, as a third-party resource, or we need to be automating those tasks, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. right? So sending emails right? Can be all automated task, right? Yeah. Sending a lead magnet, you know, people who have grabbed the model thing there. And I said that once because I know I'm going to use that lots and lots of times. Yes. I have to keep doing it to send that email right? yes. because that takes time away from me spending time in my genius zone. Yes. Uh, I know from my genius zone, I love having conversations with people about their marketing, about marketing automation, about how we create leverage in our business, as I know you do. And the yes. more conversations I have, the more I enjoy my business, the more it drives it forward. Right? And the more fun I have 
And I think that's the biggest part of this because if we're following an influencer or, you know, an influential thought leader, we're attracted to people that have got lots of energy. And if you're doing tasks in your business that are draining your life force and you're always showing up like, oh my goodness, you know, people hear that, they see it and it's potentially turning people away. When you're working in your genius zone, you're jumping out of bed every day, you're super happy with where you're at in life and fully grateful and excited, people are attracted to that. It's like a magnet. They're like, I want that. I want what she's having. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Now, the third model I want to share with you is, is yes. you know, now that we know, I guess, what tasks go in what zones, I want you to sort of, again, if you've got the model, you can see this straight away, but it, draw two overlapping circles. Right? So sort of like a, a Venn like diagram, a, but with only two, two circles. Two, part, two parts of a Venn diagram. <laughs> <laughs> two thirds. Okay. And effectively, we've created three designs, right? Now, on the left-hand side, in order to be able to sort of shift ourselves from where we are, probably working on the wrong stuff, for less than our hourly rate that we want to be able to sort of take out of our business is that we need to stop doing stuff, we need to keep doing some things and we need to start doing some other stuff, Mm -hmm. right, or change. Mm -hmm. So let's put start and change on the right-hand side. Now, again, grab your task list, work out, you know, the stuff that you need to stop doing that you're doing right now, you know, just write them into the circle. The stuff that overlaps is stuff we're going to keep doing, right, so if it's podcasting, if it's sales conversations, if it's, I mean, oddly enough, if it's an area that you're not great at, even though think that being the general manager of your business is, is something you need to do, sometimes it's better to outsource that. If you don't like dealing with staff, get an HR person to take care of that sort of stuff for you. Mm. So you can focus on your genius zone. Um, you don't have to be the CEO of your own business as you grow it. You can employ a CEO and do something else, right? That CEO will still report to you, but you don't, don't have to be. Right? So, and then on the right-hand side, obviously things that we're going to start doing or, or change you know, in order to really sort of facilitate that transition. Hang on, I think we got the, we go. the I think we got the start change already. So we got the start change. Oh, sorry, yeah, stop, on stop the doing. Right. Yep. Yeah. And the the stop. Yeah. So stop on the left. Stop doing a bunch of stuff. Yes. Right? Now that's anything, just about anything that's less than your hourly rate that you want to command. Yes. Don't love doing and don't really know how to do. Stop doing that. Right. Keep doing stuff that's at or about your hourly rate that you like doing. Right. And that drives your business forward that you're doing right now. So yes. Obviously, if you're having sales conversations, yep, that's what you keep doing. Yes. And what do you need to start doing or change in your business mm-hmm. on the right-hand side in order to kind of continue to drive it forward? And the start, you know, might change your thinking is, is mm. one thing that you might need to do, right? You might need to go, I need to have that conversation with myself to go, in order to grow my business, I need to, you know, stop uh, sort of start or change my thinking about what activities I do. I Absolutely. need to outsource something even though I'm not ready to do so because that will free up my time to focus on an area of my genius. Yes. For me, I can give you a beautiful example of that, writing show notes. That used to take me, I did a show, I did, I think about a whole two episodes before I went, ah, no more. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it took me four hours to pull the, the bits out of the show notes and get them up on the website. And now I pay someone less than 20 bucks a week to do that for me. Like it's yeah. just incredible. That's, and that, that's right. You know, and that four hours, you know, is, is 80, you know, it's cost you $80. And what do you get to do instead? You get to work with clients. You get to record the material. Yes. Right? The, the stuff that, that, that we love doing. Yes. Glory, if we're giving you shout outs to our amazing team, Glory is the one that pulls our show notes together and I love her and that's her genius zone. But she wouldn't be so great on camera talking about this kind of stuff. So if we all concentrate on our zones of genius, things will start to flow a lot better. 
Yeah. Yeah. And it, and it can seem scary. The first time you do it, you go, can I really afford, you know, from a cash perspective to mm. outsource some of this stuff? Mm. Now, word of caution, obviously, if you outsource this stuff and if you change the way you do things and then sit on your bum. So glad you mentioned It's it. not going to work. I okay. was going to mention the same thing. So you beat me to it. <laughs> we don't outsource it and then sit around doing nothing. Okay. Now, longer term, maybe that's the whole goal, all right? I prefer to sit around in the Maldives and drinking cocktails, but I've got to get to that point. Yeah. Right? right now, the stuff that is not in my genius zone that I'm outsourcing and automating, I've now got to make sure that I fill that time with stuff that's in my genius zone. And we are talking about growing your business here. I mean, I have been in a position where I was able to outsource everything. It took me mm, about 18, 19 years to get to that point where I didn't have to be in the business at all, but I got bored really quickly (laughs) (laughs) and started doing something else. Well, actually, I was talking. Yeah, it's funny you mentioned that. I was talking to a mate of mine because just to show that it doesn't take, take 18 to 19 years, I was talking to a mate of mine who started his real estate business two and a half years ago. He's now got 660 properties under management and there's 22 staff and he doesn't have to work in it anymore. Yeah, no. He still does occasionally because he, he wants to and to stop himself from being completely <laughs> Right? But it can be it can be done. It can be done in a very you know in a relatively short time yes. frame if you want to. Oh, yeah, absolutely. If I if I was going to do that again, it would happen in a lot shorter time frame. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, absolutely. So awesome. So we've got first up how to recognize your hourly rate so you're not spending time doing tasks that aren't going to drive your business forward. And we're not talking about what you bill out. We're just. T- talking about how to recognize that rate to be able to put your week together. The second one is allocating or figuring out which tasks are in our genius zone so that we can either automate or delegate or eliminate those tasks. And the third one is knowing what we need to stop doing and what we need to start or change doing. Of course, I think if if anyone's got any questions coming from today's episode or anything else you want to send them in, don't forget to comment, use the hashtag ask. Sam and Tim. Uh, We'd love to get your questions and answer them on the show uh, in future episodes. Uh, Always get some really interesting and curly ones sometimes. (laughs) Um, But we love love your feedback. We love your interaction, you know, and and likewise, if you feel like someone could benefit from hearing our show as well, um, don't forget to sort of like, comment or or share it or even review us on iTunes um, if you feel the, the love. Absolutely. We appreciate that feedback from you. And of course, coming up next week, we've got a really cool episode. We do. And this is a question that we, well, I I don't know about you, Tim. I actually pulled this one because I get asked this probably at least 10 times a week. (laughs) How do I create a content strategy and what does it actually mean? What is that? What is that? What is the content strategy? <laughs> There's a strategy around content. Why do I? Why do <laughs> I need one of these things? Plate of spaghetti at the wall and hope it will stick. <laughs> <laughs> it's interesting because you know this. This um, and, and we'll get into it more next week. But so many people think I've been told I need to do content because someone said I need to do content, but really yeah. don't go about it in a very. Uh, intelligent way and we're going to explore that in the next episode awesome look forward to it parting thoughts tim let's wrap Um, up this show let's if there's something that you really want people to take away from listening to this episode what would that that one thing be look the thing that i I think that people should do don't take the con the the stuff we did lightly and just go oh look yeah i do that already really go through the exercise and if you've got 
a team that work with you, get them involved in the process. Mm. You'll find some really interesting things about what you potentially think happen but when you start breaking down these tasks. And it's only by breaking them down that we really understand what happens and what processes and where the gaps are in their business. And on that, I just did that with my personal assistant only two weeks ago, something that I thought was flowing beautifully. And he said to me, Sam, can we jump on a call? I think there's a better way to do it. And it took us about half an hour but we both realized, hang on a minute, this is like all over the shop. But, and it was fantastic. So definitely bring your team on board. They love to be involved in making things better as well. It empowers them to do even more to help you grow your business. Absolutely. Absolutely. Awesome. Tim, it's been an absolute pleasure hanging out with you here today. As and always, Sam. For all our listeners, if you're listening to this on release day Thursday, have a fabulous Thursday. If you're listening to it any other time, thanks so much for joining us. Have an amazing week and we will see you on Monday or I'll see you next Monday and I'll be back in the Thought Leaders Business Lab with you again, Tim, next Thursday. Have a great week, guys. You too, Sam. Bye. Do you want to grow and scale your business so you can make an even bigger impact? One of the reasons I've been able to achieve the success I have over the years can be attributed to one simple factor, surrounding myself with like-minded people, people who think big like me, who have a desire for growth and who understand the challenges we face when growing and scaling a business. That's why I've created a free community, especially for thought leaders and experts just like you, and I'd love you to join us. Just request access to my free Facebook group at Thought Leaders in a Circle. If you enjoyed today's episode, I would love you to share this on your favorite social account. Just head to samanthariley.global forward slash podcast, click on your favorite episode and you'll see the buttons right there to share the love. And as this show is new, I would love, love, love you to leave a five-star rating and a review on iTunes. See you next time in the Thought Leaders Business Lab.